We're in a message series called Keep Your Dream Alive. Now in this series, we're looking at the story of Joseph from the Old Testament found in Genesis 37 through 50. And we're talking about dreams a lot. There's a lot of dreams in this, in this story about Joseph. And so we're applying this story to our lives here in the 21st century. God has a dream. He has a plan for your life. And now that dream that God has for your life, the dream that your creator has for your life, is a, is a wonderful dream. It has a general shape, and it has some very specific details. Now, how can you follow a plan or a dream that you know nothing about? It's pretty hard, isn't it? And so God wants us to follow his dream for our lives, and so we need to understand what that dream is so that we can follow it. And so today, my message is entitled, Hearing from God. We need to hear from God in order to understand God's dream and plan for our lives. God wants to speak to you on a regular basis. He wants to explain to you his dream for your life and help you to live it out. Let's look at our first verse found in Psalm 32. Now in your bulletins, there's a white page. I'd encourage you to take that out now. It has the outline and scriptures written out right here like that. And it has this verse on it. You can see it on the screen as well. And on the back is a series of study questions that relate to the message. I'd encourage you also to go through it this week. In fact, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 40 and 41. We can't uh, read all the verses this morning, so to get the full impact, I encourage you to read both chapters uh, this week, go over the questions. The questions will be the basis for our study discussions in the life groups uh, this week that are meeting, and ours particular on Sunday nights. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I, and God is speaking here, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Now, these are two very important verses. Here we see God's heart for his children. He wants to instruct you. He wants to teach you about the direction that he has for your life. It says it here very clearly. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. He wants to counsel you. He wants to watch over you. He wants to protect you as you follow his plan for your life. Now, God has incredible power. He can do whatever he wants to do. And he can make anyone do anything that he wants them to do. And so God can make you follow his plan for your life. Just as the horse rider has, a, has some reins and a, a bit, he can direct that horse where he wants it to go. But God doesn't want to interact with you like that. He doesn't want to have to force you along a certain path. He wants to speak to you and he wants you to respond and say, Yes, Lord, I will follow. I will go this direction because I know it's the best direction. And so God wants to speak to you and guide you with specific instructions Here's how Jesus put it in the book of John. He said in John 10, 27, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now Jesus here is, is speaking about an illustration where he is the shepherd and we are his sheep. So if you're a believer here this morning, you are one of Jesus' sheep. And he says here that I speak to my sheep, they listen to me, 
and they follow me. And so he wants to give his sheep direction. Just as a shepherd leads his sheep to green pastures to eat, leads his sheep to quiet waters to drink, so Jesus wants to lead his children in every aspect of their lives. God wants you to have a relationship with him in which he speaks to you and you hear and you follow. So how does God speak to us today? Many would say that God speaks to us through his word, through the Bible, and that is certainly true. That is one of the important ways that God speaks to us. As we read the Bible, we learn principles that will shape and guide our lives in the right direction. And if we disregard those principles and go in a different way, we're going to get in trouble in our lives. But reading the Bible will never give you specific guidance, specific for your life and situation. You're not going to read through the Bible and find, you know, a verse that tells you take job A and not job B. You're not going to find a specific verse in the Bible that tells you, you know, marry person A and not person B if you have a choice. Uh, <laughs> many people have no choice. Uh, you're not going to find specific guidance in the Bible like that. You're going to find general principles that may help you make the decisions. But there are many decisions in life that are not necessarily between right and wrong. They're decisions that are important, but we need God's specific guidance. And so when Jesus was talking about his sheep hearing his voice, he wasn't just talking about his sheep reading his word. That's certainly part of it. But he was talking about his sheep hearing his voice, being able to hear the voice of God to direct us in the specifics of life through the Holy Spirit. And so hearing from God has a supernatural dimension. Some today would say that God doesn't speak that way anymore. But when you read the Bible, you see that God has always spoken to believers from Genesis through Revelation. And there's nothing that says he stopped speaking. And we can expect to hear God speak until Jesus returns again. And so we need to hear God speak in order to fully live out God's dream for our lives. Acts 2.17 says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Are we living in the last days? Yes, we are. The last days in the Bible is the time from when Jesus rose and ascended to heaven until when he returns again. And we are living in that period of time. And Jesus, uh, well, not Jesus, but the Bible here says that the last days are a special time in which God is going to speak specifically to his people. God wants to reveal things to you and I supernaturally that we could never figure out on our own. You know, God knows things that you don't know. God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He knows what's going to happen next year. So how can we plan? You know, we pride ourselves in all this planning. How can you plan when you don't know what's going to happen? It's difficult. You can go by general principles, but God wants to guide specifically. Today we're going to talk about some more dreams. A lot of dreams in the story of Joseph. So I want to briefly summarize this story to catch us up uh, to date so we remember. And if you weren't I didn't hear some of the earlier messages. Uh, they're all on the uh, website, uh, YouTube, and you can listen to them if you missed some of them. The story begins with Joseph as a boy of 17. And one night he had a couple dreams. 
And these dreams were from God and they showed him rising to a position of leadership uh, over his brothers. He was the youngest of his brothers and over even his parents. So rising to a significant role of leadership. Now his brothers didn't appreciate his dreams. And so to make a long story short, he was sold into slavery by his brothers and ended up in Egypt. Joseph served his Egyptian master faithfully, but he was falsely accused and thrown into an Egyptian prison. In those days, Egyptian prisons were often the end of your life. You lived there forever. There was no, uh, no escape. There were no trials. There were no sentences. And so he was in this prison. But in prison, the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph, and he rose to a position of leadership even in prison. He was overseeing the whole prison, but he still was in prison. And the dreams that God had given to him uh, as a 17-year-old boy would not see fulfillment in this prison. And so how was he going to get out? They seemed very, very far away. And so the first principle that we can learn from this story is to have faith in the tough times. And I believe Joseph was going through tough times. He was going through tough times when his brothers threw him into a cistern before he was sold as a slave. He was in tough times now as he was in this prison. Our story begins in chapter 40. It says, Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. And so sometime later, sometime after Joseph was thrown into prison sometime after he rose to overseeing the entire prison. Some time had passed. We don't know if that was months or years. Joseph was prospering in prison, but it was still prison. Nobody likes to be in prison. It was not a great place. It was a tough time. And we're going to see how Joseph's faith remained strong even in this tough time in prison. And so the assistance of Pharaoh... The cupbearer cup and the baker had offended Pharaoh. And so they were thrown into prison. And it was the same prison that Joseph was in. And so their paths, their destinies were going to cross. If your faith remains strong in the tough times, you can serve others as though serving the Lord. Verse 4. And again, we're just going to take some verses to highlight. We, can't, we don't have time to read the whole passage. I encourage you to do that on your own. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended them. So more work for Joseph. Now he had two more prisoners to work with. And so they were assigned to Joseph. And Joseph understood that as he served others, he was serving the Lord. If I was in prison, I would be tempted to do as little as possible. Anybody else would have that temptation? <clears throat> Especially if I was in there because I'd done nothing wrong. I would be tempted to be angry, to be bitter at God. Didn't he know what he was doing? I wouldn't want to help anybody. Joseph was a different character. He was serving others. He continued to have faith in God. I believe the dreams that God had given to him before were on his mind. And he knew that someday they were going to be fulfilled. And the day he was living in, in the prison, was planting the seeds for tomorrow. And that's what we have to remember. What we do today is planting the seeds for tomorrow. And so Joseph continued to serve. He didn't give in to discouragement. He didn't give in to complaining. 
He didn't give in to worrying. He believed God. Yet keep on serving your master no matter how tough the times are. Not only do you serve others, but you show concern for others. This is amazing to me, this next couple of verses. It said, when Joseph came to them, speaking of the, the cupbearer and the baker, the next morning he saw they were dejected. And so he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why are your faces so sad today? I mean, you're in prison. You know, it's probably a lot of people going around like this, you know. And Joseph noticed these two guys are really sad. I mean, I'd be sad if I was in prison. and Probably everybody was. But there was something different. He noticed. I mean, he was noticing people. You can just see in those words, he cared about people. He cared about these prisoners. Now, we don't know what they did to offend the Pharaoh, but it must have been something pretty bad. And so Joseph asked them, you know, I see something's going wrong with you. I mean, something happened just in this last day, and you're really upset. I mean, please tell me. He wanted to help them. It was incredible. He was not a self-centered person at all. You know, self-centered people just think about themselves and their problems and their woes. And here he was in prison with all kinds of problems, and he's thinking about somebody else. He wanted to serve others. And you know, in the long run, that's what qualified Joseph to be a great leader. He was a servant leader. He led by serving others. And he was learning that even in prison. He was learning that even in the tough times in life. And so when you get involved in the difficulties of others, you need to trust God to speak to you. And so Joseph asked these guys, you know, what's going on? Why are your faces so sad? And they respond in verse 8. They said, we both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. And so the reason that the cupbearer and baker were upset is they had dreams the night before. They knew they were significant dreams. I mean, I have a lot of insignificant dreams, you know, I... <laughs> Bits and pieces and things, and you know, this is nothing. This is just the pizza I ate the night before. But these were significant dreams. They believed that God was trying to speak to them. But they didn't know what God was saying. And so they were kind of distraught. They had no idea what the dreams meant. But Joseph understood that when a dream comes from God, God is there to give the interpretation. He doesn't give dreams so that we can't understand him. He gives a dream and an interpretation. And so in these cases, the dreams didn't come to Joseph. I mean, Joseph didn't have these dreams. Somebody else had the dreams, but he was trusting God that God would reveal to him the meaning of the dreams that these officials had, or former officials at this point. But not only did Joseph trust God to speak to him, he, he spoke God's word with courage. Verse 12. After the cupbearer told him the dream, he said, this is what it means. The three branches are three days. So let's go back. What was the dream of the cupbearer? The cupbearer had a dream. And in his dream, he saw a vine. And from, his vine, from this vine were growing three different branches. And this was a grapevine. And on these branches were growing grapes. The cupbearer in his dream saw, uh, saw himself taking the grapes, squeezing them into the Pharaoh's cup, and then taking the cup and handing it to the Pharaoh. 
that was his dream. And so Joseph told the cupbearer the dream meant that in three days he would be restored to his position as cupbearer to the Pharaoh. And so he added in verse 14, he said, When all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I mean, do you think Joseph liked to be in this prison? No, he did not. I mean, here we see he wanted to get out of the prison. He was not happy there. He didn't want to spend his last, the rest of his days in prison. And yet he served God in a place he didn't want to be at. A place that he knew was temporary. But he served with all his heart. He knew it wasn't his final destination in order to fulfill God's dream for his life. He was seeking God to be removed from the prison, but he still served God. Amazing. And then the baker shared his dream with Joseph. Two guys, two different dreams. The baker said, I saw three baskets of bread on my head for the Pharaoh. And then I saw birds come and eat the bread out of the baskets on my head. What do you think that means? I mean, you know, this previous dream was pretty good. What do you have for me, Joseph? I'm excited to hear. Well, Joseph said, well, Mr. Baker, what your dream means that in three days, the Pharaoh's going to summon you and you're going to be hanged and the birds are going to eat your flesh. Mm. Now, do you think it took a little more courage for Joseph to tell the baker his dream than the cupbearer? He was not a bearer of good news to the baker. But he had courage. This was God's word. Who knows what happened in the heart of the baker to know three days before to get himself Ready to meet his maker? I don't know. But it took courage for Joseph to tell the truth. Sometimes God's word is tough. In three days, the Pharaoh had a birthday party. I don't know how many candles were on his cake. Uh, I didn't know they had birthday parties there. I was like, I'd say, oh, he had birthday parties back then. So the Pharaoh had a birthday party. He summoned the cupbearer and the baker from prison. They both came and the cupbearer was restored to his important decision. The baker was taken out and hanged. And so Joseph's interpretations had come true. Verse 23 says, The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. And so Joseph remained in prison. And the tough times continued. So I think it's interesting that as Joseph was in prison, during these tough times, God did not give him more dreams. I was wondering, why, why, do you, why do you think God didn't give Joseph any more dreams? I think because he already had his dreams. They were still active. They were still out there. They were still waiting to be fulfilled. He just needed to keep on believing in those dreams. He needed to not let those dreams die. He needed to hang on to those dreams. God gave dreams to others, and he taught Joseph to hear his voice to interpret other people's dreams. And as we'll see, this became very important in Joseph's destiny. Now, we also go through tough times of all kinds in our lives, don't we? Sometimes those tough times have to do with important relationships with others. 
Sometimes they have to do with our finances or health issues or jobs. Sometimes the tough times come from somebody hurting us in one way or another. But they come to all of us. And what distinguishes a true believer in Jesus Christ is in those tough times, we don't stop believing. We keep on believing in God. We keep on trusting Him to see us through. In the tough times, we learn better to hear God's voice. Now, why is that? Because we need to hear God's voice in the tough times. When things are going well, hey, I got it under control, God. Just let me drive. When tough times come, God, I don't know what to do. Please help me. And so in the tough times, we learn to hear God's voice. And even in the tough times, God wants to use us to help other people. And to help other people, guess what? You have to learn to hear God's voice. Joseph had to hear God's voice in order to give those interpretations to the cupbearer and the baker. And so this morning, if you're going through a tough time, don't give up. Keep on believing God. Keep on serving others. And listen for God's voice. He's always got the next step for you. And if you hear his voice, he will guide you. He wants to guide you and prepare you to seize his opportunity boldly. Proverbs 28, 1 says, The wicked man flees, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And so one of the things, one of the defining characteristics of a believer is their boldness and courage. Here, here this verse likens the boldness of a believer to the boldness of a lion. A lion is pretty bold. Why? Because he's the king of the beasts. I mean, nobody gets in his way. Everybody scatters when the lion walks about. Now, Jesus himself is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. It's a symbol of Jesus Christ. Those who are not believers are, are worried. They're, they're fearful about everything. It says here they even invent fears. They run away from terrors that don't even exist. And so there should be a great distinction between the righteous and the wicked. And fulfilling God's dream for our lives requires boldness in seizing the opportunities that God gives you in life. If you're following God, there's going to come specific times and seasons in your life where God will, will open a door and He'll require you to do something you've never done before. And we have to decide, are we going to boldly seize that opportunity and trust God or are we going to shrink back and say, I can't do it? God wants us to boldly seize the opportunity because he wants to help us to grow and to do great things for him. To be bold, remember God can speak to anybody. Moving on to Genesis 41 verse 1. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. Two full years had passed since when? It had passed since the cupbearer had been restored to his position in the Pharaoh's palace. Two full years. That's a long time to be in prison when you're not supposed to be there. And we know it was longer than that, but another two full years had passed. Joseph had asked the cupbearer to remember uh, his predicament and to tell the Pharaoh about his case, but the cupbearer had forgotten. And so how was God going to get Joseph out of prison? How would God's dream for Joseph's life be fulfilled? Uh, was he going to spend the rest of his life in prison or not? 
And we need to remember that God can speak to anyone. Of course, we know God can speak to believers. But God can speak to anybody. God can speak to unbelievers. God can speak to pagan kings. God can speak to a pharaoh of ancient Egypt. God can speak to a president or leader of a country today. God can speak to absolutely anybody. So he can accomplish his purposes in many different ways. And so God gave Pharaoh a dream. What was Pharaoh's dream? His dream was about seven fat cows that came out of the Nile. And after the seven fat cows came out, seven skinny cows came out. Emaciated, ugly-looking cows. And the second seven cows, the skinny cows, ate up the fat cows. That was his first dream. He woke up. Oh, that was quite a dream. Cows eating cows. Went back to sleep. He had another dream. This dream, he dreamed of a stalk of wheat and it had seven healthy heads of grain. Very full, very plump. And then he saw a second stalk with seven thin, sickly heads of grain. And the seven sickly heads of grain ate up the seven plump heads of grain, healthy heads of grain. He woke up again. Now, Pharaoh knew these were two not ordinary dreams. These were important dreams. Some supernatural power was trying to communicate with him. Probably didn't know a lot about God. And so he called all his magicians, all his wise men, please interpret for me these dreams. And nobody could give him interpretation that made any sense. But he knew God had spoken. And yet the interpretation was a mystery. Not only can God speak to any, anyone, but we must believe God can do anything. Verse 9, after the cupbearer who was serving Pharaoh heard of the dreams of Pharaoh, he said to Pharaoh, Today I'm reminded of my shortcomings. He'd promised to tell the Pharaoh about Joseph, and yet he'd forgotten. And so the cupbearer remembered the dreams that he and the baker had two years ago. He remembered the other guy in prison, Joseph, who had told him the interpretation of the dreams. And lo and behold, the interpretation had come true. It was an accurate interpretation. And so God caused the cupbearer to remember his, his dreams and to tell the Pharaoh about Joseph, who was still in prison. And so Joseph was summoned from prison and he appeared before the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh asked Joseph, can you interpret my dreams? Now Joseph at this point had not even heard the dreams. How would you answer if you say you can interpret and then you can't, it probably would be off with your head. Or I guess they hanged people back then. Whichever way, it was the end of, end of you. But God had opened a door of opportunity for Joseph. And Joseph needed to have the courage to go through that door and obey God. Verse 16, Joseph gave a very wise answer. He says, I cannot do it. You know, I can't give the interpretation to you, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but... That's a very important but, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Now that's an important attitude. You might want to underline these phrases. I cannot do it, but God. 
When you're faced with a difficult task or decision in life, oftentimes the right answer is, I cannot do that, but God can help me. God can help me. So Joseph answered first with humility. He couldn't, under, uh, couldn't interpret the dreams with his own ability, but he had the courage to believe that God would give him the interpretation. His faith had grown. God gave him the interpretation for the cupbearer and the baker in prison, and now he believed that God could give him the interpretation for a much more important dream, the dream of the head of state at the time of the most important empire in the world, the dreams of this pharaoh. Joseph had the confidence, not in his own ability, but in God, who is the revealer of secrets. And so God revealed to Joseph the interpretation of the dreams that the pharaoh had. The seven fat cows and the seven healthy heads of grain were seven years of abundance that were coming to the land of Egypt. The, years, the seven good years would be followed by seven lean years of famine. And these were symbolized by the seven skinny cows and the seven sickly heads of wheat. Verse 32 Joseph says, the reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. And so God had revealed the future to Joseph in the interpretation to Pharaoh's dreams. Joseph had clearly heard from God. He had the courage to tell Pharaoh the good news and the bad news. I mean, there's seven great years coming, seven years of abundance, but Following that is going to be seven years of famine and scarcity. And we'll see this next Sunday. God revealed, God revealed the future so that he could preserve the nation of Israel and many people in a time of scarcity and famine. And by God allowing Joseph to be part of this revelation to Pharaoh of the future, God had brought him to the attention of Pharaoh and as we'll see, he would serve Pharaoh in the future as God fulfilled Joseph's dreams. So now let's think about how this story applies to our lives today. The tough times that we have to go through in life prepare us for tomorrow's opportunities. And so when you're in a tough time, rejoice because God is preparing you for a door. Now it might not be easy to go through that door but with faith and boldness, you can do it. The problem in tough times, if you're like me, you're tempted to think you're in an impossible situation. There's no way out. It's all over. It's not going to work out. There might be a person or a circumstance that seems to completely block the fulfillment of God's dream for your life. And you just don't see any way past that. Remember, God can speak to anyone. He can change anyone's heart. And not only that, God can do anything. He can change any situation. He can change any circumstance. And so trust Him. When you're in tough times, for an opportunity is coming in your life and you want to be ready to take advantage of that op opportunity. Open your heart to hear from God. He wants to speak to you. He wants to guide you both through his word by general principles and through his Holy Spirit in giving you specific guidance to take you along the path that your creator has designed for your life. Now, does God still speak to people through dreams and visions? And I'd say my answer is, of course he does. 
Now, I've never had a significant dream, as I would interpret a dream, but God has spoken to me in many other ways, very directly and very specifically. The Bible is written to show us what God is like and how he operates in the world. And when I see God operating in a certain way from Genesis through Revelation, I say, that's what God is like. And God is going to continue to operate that way now. He communicates with those who seek him in many different ways, including supernaturally, including dreams and visions. A number of years ago, when it didn't seem to be possible, God showed me that many years ago before we purchased this building or even was a possibility, God showed me that one day I'd be pastoring in this place. It wasn't a dream or vision, but he showed me that very specifically. He showed me a vision for our church in this location. I'm going to share more about that in the future. But we need to be bold to seize God's opportunities for our lives. The life of Joseph really has been an encouragement in my life since I was a young boy. I always loved the story of Joseph. When you're going through tough times, it's an important story to remember. And God wants to use it to encourage you and so that you can encourage others. Because God's word says that when you go through a tough time and God helps you through, one of the reasons he allows us to go through tough times is so we can help somebody else. No matter what you're going through in life right now, no matter what tough situation you're in, trust God to see you through. Keep on serving Him. Keep on doing the right things. Keep on functioning in the basics. Keep on seeking to hear from God. He wants to speak to you. He doesn't want to leave you alone. The Bible says He's never going to leave you or forsake you. He wants to reveal His secrets to you. Now, God's not going to tell you everything you might want to know. But He's going to tell you enough for you to take the next step. He's going to tell you enough for you to move in the direction to fulfill his dream for your life. And as you keep your faith strong, God is going to open up the next door of opportunity. In a congregation like this, I'm sure there are people here that God has recently closed some kind of door in your life. And sometimes we can find that very discouraging. But whenever God closes one door, you'd be looking for the open door. Because another door is going to be open for you to go through and to keep on moving for God. It might not be easy to go through that open door. It might be something you've never done before. But with God's help, you can do it. Nothing is impossible for God. Now, in order to hear from God on a regular basis, in order to have a dream from God for your life, to connect with that dream, you need to begin by committing or recommitting your life to Jesus Christ. And to do that, to begin that relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to admit that you've sinned, you've done wrong things. And the essence of sin is really following your dream for your life rather than God's dream for your life. And to admit sin is admit, I don't, I don't know how to live my life. And so I want to follow your plan for my life, God. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you, your plan and your dream for my life all of my days. So let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. If 
If you never prayed a prayer like this, I'd encourage you to pray with me. If you've done something in the past, this would, might be a good time to recommit your lives. If you don't feel like you're on track with God's dream for your life, perhaps you've wandered from God and His church and you want to come back, pray along with me something like this. Father, today I admit that I've done wrong things, I've sinned. I followed my own way in life and not yours. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus came, died on this cross, took my sins upon himself that I might be forgiven. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you and your ways, to following your word and your plan, your dream for my life, all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, and for those who are believers this morning, let's pray as well that God would use us even in the tough times. Father, today I pray for every person here who may be going through a tough time. I pray that this word, this story that we've read this morning would encourage every heart here to keep us trusting in you. Help us to grow in hearing from you, God in hearing you speak to us, both through your word and through your Holy Spirit. We want to follow your dream for our lives. Forgive us for doubting you and becoming discouraged at times, for doubting your direction, for doubting your power. God, today we affirm that you are a revealer of secrets. You know the end from the beginning, and God, we know that you can and will reveal to us that which we need to know to follow your plan for our lives. Give us the courage, God, to walk through the doors of opportunity that you open up for us. Help us to say, yes, with God I can do that, even though I've never done it before. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do in and through this church as we follow you, as we look to you in the future. Because you have a dream both for our lives and for our church family as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.